It's day two of share and it's Founders Day on American Family Radio. We're honoring Brother Don Wildman and his wife, Linda, for their faithful obedience to the Lord and their example to us. God doesn't require us to be successful. God requires us to be faithful. Call now at 877-616-2396 to give or at pledge online at AFR.net. It's Founders Day on American Family Radio. with you this uh, second day of a fall share and we're so happy that you've joined us and we want to make the show fun in spite of the fact that we're going to be asking for your help many of you've already picked up the phone and been calling and uh, you call you helped us by you know calling in earlier and leaving your comments like the listener that you just heard just encouraging us as we hear that and also just um, it's a family that we all belong to here we have some people listening of course who don't agree with us and man oh man do I welcome them uh, if you hate what we say, I hope you tune in, <laughs> and many of you do, and you uh, write to us. Uh, let's, so I think you know the Bible says, "Come, let us reason together," and uh, that's kind of the pattern, the biblical pattern. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'll tell you what I believe. You tell me what you believe. Let's reason together. That's kind of what's broken down in our in our culture right now. I want to remind you, as I remind myself, <laughs> and I've been reading the news all morning, so I do get distracted. I get angry, and I go through all of these emotions as I read these terrible stories. But at all, what has to be the center of all of these discussions is the gospel, the good news. And that's what our theme is for this fall share It's based on 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. You not only just received it, a lot of people just receive it, but then they forget about applying the discipleship and all the principles. And that's just a, the Great Commission is both of these things. Go ye therefore and tell and teach them. All nations, whatsoever things I have told you. So you receive it, and then you stand in the teaching, by which also you are saved. You're saved. And has there ever been a time in the world where we had any less confusion about what it means to be saved from and what we're being saved from, set apart from the wickedness that we see in this culture and in this world? And if you, But you, um, you are saved if you hold fast that word which I preach to you. Unless, of course... You believed in vain. In other words, you believed, but it didn't really mean anything to you, and you never did stand in it. And that's a caution for all of us. So that's our verse for this share And with that, let me introduce the president of American Family Association, my good friend Tim Wildman, who's in the studio in Tupelo. Tim, thanks for joining me this morning. Hey, Sandy. Good to be with you this morning. Well, I'm anxious to know how we're doing because, see, I'm in a you know I'm in a black hole somewhere else. I'm not in Tupelo, so how right. are we doing? We are. It's been a wonderful first 24 hours, I guess you could say, of the uh, Sherathon Fall Sherathon. We are nearing 6,000 pledges uh, total from our listing family across the country. So we're about to reach that mark, and we're at 1.2. Between 1.2 and 1.3 million dollars so far that we've been able to uh, raise, and we thank everyone who's already given uh, via the mail, or you phone, you you called in a pledge, or a gift, a donation. The last, uh, you know, since Sherathon started, so we thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. We got uh, you know uh, today and tomorrow left to go, and I think. when we get through, hopefully we'll be over three million. We're we're we've been around there the last uh, couple of shareathons. So, 
You know, it's a very expensive proposition to own and operate 182 radio stations that we do across the country. Uh, you, you can imagine, folks, uh, the, the the towers, uh, the uh, electrical bill, the uh, servicing that has to be done, the satellite time, the staff it takes to uh, make sure we have quality programming 24-7, uh, the the, the team that we have here on AFR Talk, like Sandy, who, you know, has to uh, uh, make sure that we have a, a good broadcast every day with with uh, content that you want to hear, that you need to hear. So a lot of this, uh, you know, everything that goes into making up a 24-7 radio broadcast here on American Family Radio has to be paid for. And so we thank you, everybody, who helps us. Uh, who's who is helping us meet this uh, financial need? And we only do this, as we say, three days in the spring, and then we have three days in the sh- in the fall where we have shareathons. So we, you know, we don't spend very much time uh, talking about money, but uh, we do have to pay our bills, and we do have, and we do want to expand. We want to grow. We want to reach out and reach find more people across the country with new radio stations and our technology. We're implementing on the AFR app has been a game changer. Us. I, I don't know that we don't have as many people listening now on the app as we do on our terrestrial radio stations. It's been that uh, much of a blessing. So anyway, Sandy, I would just say it's all good here. <laughs> I think so, too. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you haven't uh, made a call and you'd like to, you would really like to help support us, you can do that by calling 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Nine six, or you can go go to afr.net and do your giving online. Uh, every year, we ask for listeners to call in and just say a word about what American Family Radio means to them. These are their their own words. They do this because they want to, and that's a way for those of you who do that. You help us, you know, you help us get the word out about the the value of American Family Radio. And here's one of those listeners. Let's listen. My name is John, calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. AFA has impacted my life actually in a number of ways. Number one, it allows me here in Pennsylvania to stand up for Christian values because I live in a city that is ultra-liberal, being Philadelphia. And we Christians really don't have a lot of uh, wherewithal nor capabilities to stand up in our local area. Another thing is that since I go to Washington, D.C. a lot, I get to hear the radio down there, and I really enjoy AFA when I take my trips to D.C. God bless and take care. Oh, that's cool. And I, we do find, thank you, John, I do, we do find that people are listening all over the country and certainly all over the world. I always think of my, I'll give a shout-out to my Irish Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland friend, Phil, who writes me uh, pretty, well, Occasionally, he writes uh, emails, just great emails, about how much the AFR means to him in Northern Ireland, and it's fun. So, um, well, Sandy, there's like an it, there, excuse me for interrupting, <laughs> but there's an example. We don't have a radio station in Philadelphia. Yes, exactly. No, exactly. You know, we, we so we mm-hmm, we do in the D.C. area, but we don't in Philadelphia. And that gentleman calling there said he was listening in Philadelphia. So he's obviously listening on the app. Yes, yeah. we get we do get calls and uh, an email from people all over who where we don't have coverage. So I mean the the app, of course, as people know, you can you can listen anywhere in the world. I mean, when I would go to Scotland to see my kids, I could listen to American Family Radio on the app. But uh, if you would like to help us expand and and do if you if this is a value to you and you don't want to wake up tomorrow morning 
and not be able to tune in to American Family Radio. That would be a sad thing, wouldn't it? I think a lot, I, I'll just say, like, and okay, this is, <laughs> I know Rush Limbaugh was not, you know, he did actually become very verbal about his faith at the end of his life, but many people are mourning his loss still. Uh, and it was a huge hit uh, during this particular time in our nation. And we don't want to be that hit for you either. We don't, uh, we feel uh, just as you do that this is a valuable enterprise. And so we just ask that you'd help us. Our phone number is 877 616 2396. Tim, I want to talk a little bit about our news team at the top of the hour talked about this, but I want to I want to zero in on it. The uh, Loudoun County is just a ground zero for the school board battles, and they're happening all over the country. But Loudoun, I, because of its proximity to D.C. and major media, it's easier. For, I could just tell you from my media experience, it's easier to cover that than what's happening in South Dakota, which is also, you know, they're doing their fights with the uh, school boards, and it's happening all over the country. But in Loudoun, it's an interesting place because there are a lot of uh, milita- uh, military, a lot of government workers. Uh, Loudoun has is a gorgeous place. It's been kind of a high end county for a number of years, but it's been it's trended left, left, left for such a long time. So uh, it's interesting what's happened there with the parents. And I want to take uh, our listeners back to a board meeting that took place there. I'm, I think this was last spring, but this is clip nine, just to remind you in part what's happening in Loudoun County. Clip nine. And you're forcing them to lie about other kids' gender. The moment came after remarks by former state Senator Dick Black, 51st in a list of 249 speakers for the public comment session of the Loudoun County School Board meeting. There's been a motion to end public comment. Is there a second? I second. After repeated warnings against audience outbursts. The board voted to end the comments session, and the room descended into chaos. Loudoun County Sheriff's deputies declared an unlawful assembly. At least one person was physically removed from the room by deputies. News 4 saw this man being held in custody outside the building. Virginia state troopers arrived as backup. People spilled out of the building. Some who had gotten a chance to comment criticized the school system's racial equity policies. Others had been planning to comment on a proposed new policy that would affect staff use of transgender students' names and pronouns and access to sports and locker rooms. I hadn't spoken yet. I'm a mom of 11. I took a lot of time to write my speech. I put a lot of heart into it. And then I'm not allowed to speak. They say towards the end, as people were getting more and more violent, they were standing on chairs and throwing things, and we had to go in to help get people, escort them out of the building and, and make sure that they were safe. A couple of hours later, the school board reconvened to an empty meeting room. In Loudoun County, Jackie Benson, News 4. All right, so that's uh, that was how this all started, and there have been other meetings since then, but that guy that was pulled out and arrested and he was seen outside, it was a guy named Scott Smith. Scott is a plumber. He has a, had, a, at the time, a 14-year-old daughter. She could be 15 by now. That's the reason I say at the time. 14-year-old daughter. Uh, he, was, uh, he got really angry. They arrested him, and they, uh, the National School Board Association has labeled him a domestic terrorist. But now we're learning that what we saw was not exactly what happened. Scott Smith's 14-year-old daughter was in the bathroom in the high school when a student, a boy with a skirt on, walked into the bathroom and raped her and more. Things I can't even say. 
Scott Smith at the time took his daughter to the doctor. The rape was, and others' parts were, uh, were verified. So they've got the proof of this. He goes to the school and is just in a rage. He's in a rage because they just don't care. Now, this is before the school board meeting. And uh, they had the police come uh, when he went to the school. And the principal sent out a memo apologizing for the disruption, blaming Scott Smith and saying, you know, we, you know if, you, if, if you were upset by the trouble that happened in the office, we'll provide counseling. So then that's kind of the backdrop to Scott Smith going to the school board meeting that you heard reported on just a few minutes ago by NBC News, the local NBC station. So Scott is standing in that bill, uh, go, uh, school board meeting, and I could, go, I could read a lot of things, but it would take me a long time. We don't have the time this morning. Uh, but let me just say that the school board was so callous. They claimed there had been no incidences in any of the bathrooms, that uh, transgender students would never do that. It was just not a problem. And Scott Smith then was a, uh, approached by a woman, uh, who, uh, an LGBT activist, who told him he'd, he'd, she did not believe his daughter. And that's when he went into, uh, he just lost his temper. And then they called the police and arrested him, and he's a domestic terrorist. Now I want to have to finish a few more things here. Uh, so Attorney General Merrick Garland, uh, of course, as you know now, has issued this little treatise calling parents out and saying that it's very dangerous, and now we're going to have the FBI is going to have to come in because there's a, a domestic terrorism taking place at these school board meetings. But now here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Now we know that Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, his son-in-law, is the co-founder of a thing called Panorama Education. It's a company that works with school boards to promote culturally responsive training. They have received uh, $2.4 million, $2. million from the government, uh, and they are working in Loudoun County. And so uh, the Attorney General of the United States, his son-in-law, is getting rich uh, off of advising this school board to do exactly what they're doing. It is a problem, Houston. Now, if you want to hear stories like that, if you want us to be able to tell you about things like that are ha- that are happening, well, we need your financial help to keep doing it. And that's why we're asking. It's 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or go to AFR.net. And when we come back, Tim, I, I hope you can tell us, maybe, see, if anybody's calling over there, uh, out there in Tupelo. Again, the phone number is 877-616-2396, and we, we'll be right back after this. Sandy Rios, along with Tim Wildman on AFR Talk. Remember, for a one-time gift of $150 or more, we'll send you a copy of 100 Bible Questions and Answers by Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper, co-host of Exploring the Word. And Bert, you know, I, I looked through this list of questions, and uh, there could have been 300 questions. but uh... And we wanted to bring glory to the Lord. That's the ultimate. They'll read that book, Know How to Know Christ the Savior. And for a monthly pledge of $30 or more, we'll also include the new AFR Travel Mug. This Travel Mug is bulletproof. I've run over it with a tractor before, and it has not uh, crumpled at all. This mug will make you what, Ed? This mug will make you smarter, better, and awesomer, and every sip you take will raise your IQ one point. (laughs) Our godly values are under attack like never before, and we appreciate your partnership in the fight. 
The book and the mug are our way to say thank you for supporting AFR during share Your mug may vary. Uh, my name is Danny, and I'm calling from Tennessee. I just wanted to call and thank AFR for all the programs we do during this COVID-19 situation. Our church has gone through online, online streaming, and it felt very distant. Church just does not feel quite the same, but it's been good to have the influence of AFR and the message you put over the air. It's been really good to keep me immersed in God's teaching and to be focused on God when we're not quite as connected to our church as we would like to be. So just thank you for what y'all do. Pray that y'all continue to do what you do, and God bless. God continues to provide for this ministry and the faithfulness of His saints during share Call now at 877-616-2396 to give or pledge online at AFR.net. It's Founders Day on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios with you along with Tim Wireman, and we are in the middle of fall share but we're also bringing you some news as we go along here. Our phone number is 877-616-2396. Or you can uh, donate online at AFR.net. Tim Wildman, our president, is with me in the studio in Tupelo. Tim, how are we doing over there? Uh, we are. It, it's it's good. We let, I'm looking out to let me peer out <laughs> through the uh, glass window and see. We have a few phone call volunteers. That is, those who are here to help answer the phone. Some of the staff and some people have driven in to help us during our share who are just talking, handful. So you can call right now and get somebody on the phone here at American Family Radio who will take your pledge. And here's the phone number to call. If you believe, as Sandy said earlier, in uh, what we're all about, what our mission is, and you uh, appreciate uh, what we're doing here and you count on us, we need to hear from you. And please be as generous as you possibly can. You've already given. We thank you very, very much. Um, we're not talking to the choir, uh, preaching to the choir in the sense that if you've already given, but if you haven't, if you're a choir member who hasn't sung yet, uh, <laughs> we, we, we need to hear from you. Here's the phone number. I about messed up that metaphor. I was I didn't know where I was going quite quite uh, clearly. You pulled it out. You I know. Okay, out. thank you. Uh, here's the phone number to call us and make a gift uh, here at AFR, 877-616-2396. I'll give it again, 877-616-2396. If you call that number, that calls us here in Tupelo, and uh, and so we're, we're taking your calls here at our national headquarters for American Family Radio. We are a national ministry, and uh, folks from all over the country, are supporting us and 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 uh we thank you everybody who you know wherever you may live across this great and beautiful land we thank you for your uh, support of american family radio okay sandy what that that story you were talking about and you played the clip from in loudon county virginia yes the father you know the father that was arrested his 14 year old yes. daughter being raped in the bathroom i mean you've got five kids i think uh, right did i lose track four four or five i know how many kids you have i just can't think oh uh, that's okay i got three one kids. two three three, <laughs> three kids uh, three adult kids but i have like that's right you've got nine or ten grandchildren, grandchildren. And that's what the confusing I don't know. part my kids yeah. uh 
Yeah. Feel the need to have one a year uh, to, to, to add to our <laughs> tribe. I don't know. Right, so, did I culturally misappropriate there yeah, by calling yeah. them a tribe? Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, you never know today, right? Well, but what's yeah. you know, Sandy, the the main thing I'm getting I'm getting from uh, what what's happened nationally on this is that Biden and uh, the Attorney General Garland, <clears throat> they are. Uh, well, not to mention the conflict of interest that you talked about earlier, where uh, Attorney General Garland's son is is uh, some would call it a conflict of interest, where he is making he's it's a huge working, conflict of interest. Okay, huge conflict of interest. <laughs> he, he is making uh, money doing business in Loudoun County to teach things that the people are objecting to. Many people are objecting to. Is that true? He's they're like. Uh, Consulting with the school board there. Okay. The school consulting board that's the, ignoring the parents. I got you. Yeah. Consulting with the school saying, board. Now calling the parents domestic terrorists. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing is, uh, we were talking about this the other day on today's issues. First of all, I think this is way, 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 way overblown. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard about anybody being uh, killed at a school board meeting uh, or anything like that. People are upset. Uh, many people are upset about the teaching of critical race theory, the pushing of other far left agendas, while the kids are uh, the kids are subjected to this in many public schools across the country. Not everywhere, but many public schools, and so they go to the school board to object. Now, here's the thing: if you have a problem at a school board meeting that gets out of hand, you know what you do? You call the police. Or you call the sheriff's office, depending on where you might live. You don't call the FBI, okay? We don't need the FBI uh, intimidating parents at school board meetings across the country. That's what Biden has suggested. Uh, the Biden administration has suggested that they're going to uh, that they're going to to do use the FBI to try to intimidate against parents speaking up at, at school board meetings. That is just absolutely, you're talking about the heavy hand of the federal government. That's just absolutely ridiculous yeah. uh, and intimidate. And it, it, the purpose it, the purpose of it, as you know, this is the whole point, is try to intimidate concerned parents over these issues into silence. That's 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 what's going on here. Yes, I, I do think uh, one, one positive thing, if there is any such thing, is that I, I'm hoping that this will help people who have been neutral, like about what's happening to the prisoners that were at the demonstration in Washington, D.C. on January 6th and have been all the people that went to hear the president have mm-hmm. been pursued by the FBI mercilessly. Many of them have been uh, have SWAT teams come to their homes, dragged their families out in their pajamas, had all of their, you know, their uh, cell phones, all of this stuff confiscated, dragged uh, to jails. Uh, for doing things like parading. I mean, that's one of the charges against them. I hope that people will understand now that the FBI is out of control, and so is the federal government. And so when they hear these uh, uh, people cast who were at that rally cast as uh, domestic terrorists, I hope that they will understand it's a very broad stroke, and uh, they're going to paint all of us in it if we don't comply with them. I got a story on that real quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, I wasn't in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th, but I know somebody who was, okay? And I know somebody who was there, but they didn't go into the Capitol building. They were just there to support President Trump, and uh, 
that that day that but they you know they're just average person they went up there well a, uh, a month or two later they were contacted by the an FBI agent uh you know, who <laughs> lived not too far from here who worked not too far from here in Tupelo and the the ultimately the the gentleman what that I'm talking about was exonerated they left him alone but they wanted to talk to him to interview him and so for again he didn't go into the capitol he was just his phone appeared somewhere on a you know close to the area on that day at that time well the FBI agent told somebody i know that i trust that he had that he had received word from washington from on high as they say that uh, biden the biden administration wanted to prioritize finding people who were in washington on january the 6th and and going after them so and try you know what i'm saying yeah. it, that it was it was a top priority yeah, of course. They put out, they put unusual, the most resources they'd ever put in any other investigation. They poured money into it. They deputized, uh, they created a whole new arm of the uh, Capitol Police, a national arm of it. Like a, many people said, oh my goodness, is this like now the police for Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats? Because that's basically what they were acting as. It's it's bad, Tim. It really is. Yeah. We all know that that was the worst coup in the history of humankind. Yeah. Right yes, exactly. I mean, I mean, these people who went into the, even the people who went into the Capitol, why didn't they carry weapons? You know, why, why did, why didn't they, uh, kidnap people? Uh, why didn't they, why didn't they destroy everything? Why didn't they burn it down? The reason is they weren't, that wasn't a coup. It wasn't an insurrection. It was, uh, people who got carried away in the moment who, uh, basically were harmless. Yeah. There were a few people hurt but we, that's when you're gonna that's when you're gonna have to ha- that's what's gonna happen when a crowd like that gets into a situation like that but i'm just saying the intent of those people uh and you got the you got you know they're most of them are just going through the capital taking pictures and things like that was it wrong to do yes it was wrong to do to go into the capital uh <clears throat> On that some day. of them are invi- some were invited in. I, well, I see. Well, I, I can't even. If, you know, if I, you're I standing there and you're invited yeah, in, yeah, the, you, they're opening the doors. You and, think you it's know, okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You so think it's I don't. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm, just, I'm just saying that this whole left narrative about this being, you know, some kind of armed insurrection that uh, we, we all know that that's not what happened on that day. So you know. uh, exactly. Well, uh, all right. Let me. Um, there's a couple of other stories that I want to make sure we get to here, uh, Tim. Um, but let's listen to We have a listener, and uh, we value these stories so much uh, as we're doing this fall share So let's just pause for a second. Let me just tell you the phone number is 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Uh, if, you wanna, uh, if you can, give a donation and help us, or you can go to AFR.net. Let's listen. Yes, my name is Pam Johnson from Arkansas, and your station has blessed me beyond compare. I have been discouraged um, listening to the news and uh, knowing that it isn't true, but not knowing all the facts. 
and you are such a blessing, all of your programs. Uh, you have no idea how you've encouraged me. I prepare a prayer time every week for our church, a little little group of ladies that pray for our nation, and it has informed and helped me um, in unbelievable ways. I try to share what I know with others and try to encourage them as well. So God bless you. Oh, so sweet. Well, thank you so much, and the same Amen. to you. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Uh, Tim, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about COVID again, because we have to oh, every good. day, just about. Yeah. But, uh, and Please, so I'm going to give you some... COVID news. Yeah, well, it's it's really what's affecting people. I told I you I just had a friend who died because she didn't get treatment, right. and I think they murdered her. They would not let her husband see her right before she died when they removed the respirator, because unless he signed a non-resuscitation order... Wouldn't let him in, and so she died. I, Tim, this is just horrific, and that's this is the thing that, uh, yeah, I'm upset about this. So now, you probably heard about there's two women uh, in Michigan. Uh, one of them has is in a kidney failure stage. I think fifth the fifth stage. I think that's what she says. And um, uh, they uh, and Jamie, uh, her name is Leilani. Her friend Jamie, who is a medical person, offered her uh, a. a, a to donate her kidney, and they were getting ready to go uh, mm-hmm. to the surgery, and they were denied because they don't have the vaccine. I want you to hear Leilani tell her story. This is clip six. Back at the end of you know July, I went through uh, the transplant orientation, if you will, and they told me everything that was going to be involved in it, and you know told me about the living donor program because I'd had several people ask if they could be kidney uh, donors. So uh, I went through that process and then had to submit to a number of tests through the month of August. And so by the end of August, uh, I was notified that that I was accepted to the transplant program. And at that time, I had asked if uh, they would require a COVID shot because I'd heard from um, another state that a gentleman who needed a liver transplant was being denied his transplant because he didn't get the COVID shot. So when I asked my coordinator, she said, no, we, we don't have anything like that in place. I said, you know, do you think this is something that might happen in the future? And she said, not that she knew of. And so we were good to move forward. Okay, so then her friend, Jamie Fogner, who was with her in this interview, speaks up. Uh, she was going to be the donor, and this and she is in the medical field. So listen to what she says. This is clip six. Last year, we were able to perform 39,000 organ transplants in the midst of COVID without a vaccine. Why is it now a problem to do a transplant and force somebody to get a vaccine they don't want when we did 39,000 transplants last year without a vaccine? So I can't, I can't really reconcile those numbers from last year to this year. And, you know, I, I look at the data, you know, CDC and NIH, because everybody says, you know, they're the experts on this. So you fight fire with fire, you know, and the CDC's own data says that um, these immune suppressed patients, only uh, 20% of them show any antibodies after the second dose of the Pfizer mm-hmm. vaccine. So up to 80% of immunosuppressed patients show zero antibodies after the shot. I don't know about you, but I don't want a shot that's only going to, you know, give me a 20% chance of working. That's ridiculous, you know. And the hospital is citing a, an article from Europe that was patients that were tested in February to March of, or I'm sorry, February to May of last year. And we had nothing, you know, no information on how to treat COVID and, and what we were doing. And people were dying left and right. 
But then in that same exact article that they're citing, it says that the cause of death for those patients was being old and being frail from dialysis, not from COVID. Yeah, so that was... um that was her friend who gave testimony to what they were doing, and now they won't let they won't let this life saving organ transplant take place in Lulani. This is in Michigan. Now I'm just reading this morning in uh, in Ohio, Cleveland Clinic. This guy who's 52 years old shows a picture of him and his wife. They're both very vital, uh, very healthy looking, lovely couple. Uh, he was just a few days away from life saving surgery. I don't know what he had. I don't know what his transplant was. It was a kidney, uh, and um, and they told him the same thing. The donor, the donor's not vaccinated, so they can't do the surgery. So they would rather he would die than do the surgery because they're trying to make a point with COVID. It's ridiculous, and that then I want to give you some encouragement because Governor Ron DeSantis uh, has been a champion on this, and he stood up yesterday, gave an incredible speech. I wish we could play the whole thing, but let's just play this part of it. This is clip 10. This is his response to all of this. I can't speak to the specifics because I'm just not sure that's that's being done you know, by the agencies. Uh, but our law is very clear. You know, we basically don't want people to be discriminated against. We want them to be able to live their lives regardless of their status on on getting these shots. And, and part of it is people that have recovered from covid have strong protection and there's been the powers that be have refused to acknowledge that at the cdc and these other places it's totally devastated their credibility but we know people that have symptomatic covid if you're hospitalized and you recover the chance of you ending up back in the hospital is incredibly incredibly small that's just the reality and so you have a lot of folks uh that are in that boat and um and i think also this is just should be a personal decision so that's the law in florida and people need to abide by the law in Florida. You know, you look at some of these other places, what they're doing, uh, they're creating a system where just your operation in normal society is constantly requiring you to have to show different types of papers just to go in. And I, I object to that, period. But then guess what's going to happen? Then you're going to be in a situation where you may be fully vaccinated. Fauci says you should go get a booster. So what? They're going to say you're now unvaccinated unless you get whatever they're saying. And, and obviously there was a lot of controversy over that because the White House was pushing this and they didn't have the data to back it up. And the FDA uh, didn't ultimately go along with it. And the CDC basically came in and overruled that. So you have all these things where, OK, what, what's someone supposed to make of that? Um, and so we're going to make sure people are able to make their own choices. We're not going to discriminate against people based on those choices and you're going to have a right to operate in society. All right, so there's Amen. more to that. In fact, let's put that whole speech, actually, uh, Adam, on our Facebook page because it's all so powerful, making such good sense. And uh, there's a lot more stories, actually, Tim, that I want to tell you if we can get to it this morning. Yeah. Uh, but uh, why don't you take us out to, 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 the, to this next break? Okay. By the way, um, everything Governor DeSantis just said, that's what I think. <laughs> See, he what just he had, said, he, right? <laughs> yeah, he's just he's awesome, man. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. he's awesome. Here's the phone number to call us and make a pledge to American Family Radio so we can continue to bring you the truth about what's happening in our country and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's the phone number 877-616-2396. Pick up the phone, call, help us out, be as generous as you can, make a pledge to help us stay on the air and keep broadcasting across the country, 
616-2396. We'll take a short time out. We'll be back momentarily. In honor of Brother Don and Linda Wildman, it's Founders Day on AFR. Well, when I think about memories of Miss Linda, uh, there's not just one memory. There is this uh, long string of memories over the years. I started to work here back in 1992. And just all along the way, Miss Linda was always the encourager. She was not out there on the field uh, in that culture war battle. She was like the cheerleader on the side who was encouraging us. I know many times uh, I would see her at a share and she would say, I appreciate what you all do. You know, she, there was always that uh, thread of gratefulness at the American Family Association Christmas party. Uh, Brother Don would get up and speak, and uh, they would bring Miss Linda up. And she would say things like, Now, I know he doesn't tell you this, but when he comes home, he just brags about you guys. And she was just always one to say, We appreciate what you guys do. And she was also, as she is now, that support to Brother Don. Just always saw her quietly serving beside him. So that's one of my favorite memories of Miss Linda. Brother Don has been standing in the gap for families. And Linda has been standing behind him since the inception of this ministry more than 40 years ago. We praise the Lord for our founders' obedient service. And we invite you to make a gift in their honor during share on AFR. AFR has encouraged me. I have an hour commute to work every morning, and listening to it really just prepares my heart and my mindset for a day of worship as I serve God and live out His calling for me. So thank y'all. It's Fall share on American Family Radio. Call now and make your pledge at 877-616-2396. Or give online at AFR.net. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. It is. We are we are living proof of that, are we not, Tim? Each of us individually. Our kids don't catch this stuff. We have to make a decision of our own. Our adult children have to decide, even our children and our grandchildren, if they're going to follow Jesus. We just don't uh, uh, dictate that. We don't assume it. They have to receive it and believe it and then stand on it, as the verse, our theme verse says, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2. So we pray for that. And, and in the meanwhile, we try to, to we evangelize because we know that this is such good news. You don't have to be living in despair right now. There is hope. Uh, it is the only hope that we have, the only hope of the world. Babby Mason used to sing that song. I loved it. And so I used to sing that song, The Only Hope of the World is Jesus. Tim Wildman is our president. He's back in Tupelo. So, t- Tim, what, I, oh, by the way, I loved hearing that story about your mom, that testimony. Your mom, Linda, that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. This, your mom, I at our re- the retreat last week, I never got to talk to her. I saw her from a distance. She is still mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yeah, my, yeah, she, yes, I don't disagree. Well, who am I to disagree? I want a good Christmas gift. What am I going to say? No, uh, do I no, get a good Christmas uh, gift? Yeah, now? No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see her first. Uh, yeah, I have to see okay. her. Actually, but, talk to her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, mom and dad, uh, dad's still alive. He retired, uh, I don't know, five, 
six or seven years ago or so. Uh, not in the best of uh, health, but uh, but mom's pretty healthy, and they're in their 80s. And so, yeah, saw them last night. Uh, so anyway, we're very appreciative. That's why we have Founders Day. We're pre- very appreciative of my dad and my mom, uh, who God used uh, you know, in 1977 to start this ministry. And here we are even yet today. And, of course, I learned so much over the years under his tutelage, uh, serving, uh, you know, has his son, that wasn't my official capacity, but I was his son serving as vice president of the ministry. And so that uh, was really been, it was really a blessing to me over my lifetime to see his example of following Jesus and uh, standing up for what's right. And he loved America. Uh, it yes. still does. He loves America and he doesn't want to see, see us fade into the, the waistband of history. But uh, that's one of the main reasons he stood up is to is to try to save our country from from falling into the hands of these godless secularists who will destroy our country. Uh, if I can just be so blunt. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Th- thank you well, for saying those kind words, Sandy. Well, let me just uh, also insert Tim because there's always new listeners. The the irony, or the, the I guess a beautiful irony actually, is that when I was president of Concerned Women for America in Washington D.C. I certainly knew of your dad's work all those years. When I was young, when I saw him on the television, and he was always so impassioned, <clears throat> righteous indignation. Uh, and then our paths intersected so many years later, and he and I then became kindred spirits because he was uncompromising. He was always kind. He was diplomatic, uh, but he was firm in his beliefs. He was immovable, unshakable. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, well, I, I'd like to say that sounds like boasting, but we had that in common. It's like mm-hmm. we just had a passion for what was right. And so we fought a lot of battles together. Amen. And so then then many years later, you know, the, so I, I, you invited me to be the morning host for AFA. And mm-hmm. it's kind of an interesting story, but I don't want to go there right now. But uh, anyway, so it's just a link that I have to your family and your ministry, which I think makes it really special that I'm working with you. Hey, let yeah, me so, ask you a question. The uh, Changing back to our original topic, thanks for those kind words, by the way. The, uh, the, the I had heard about the uh, the lady in Colorado who who was uh, her friend was going to give her a, a kidney, right? Yes, and, then and I the said hosp- Michigan. That's wrong. It, you're right. It's Colorado. Okay, I thought it was two separate yes. cases we're talking about here. No, so no, what we heard, the voices it. we heard a few minutes ago, what was the lady from Colorado? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. I got Is that it, wrong. Did she ever? Did she ever find another hospital that was because there was some talk about her maybe going out of state somewhere? There Thank is, I think people are trying to help, but I don't, I don't know that there's a uh, answer to that yet. Okay. So I that, don't. If there is, I don't know. But you know what? That that is just so wrong. I mean, this <laughs> lady, uh, and that's a that's a mild way to put it. It's outrageous. But uh, she, she she was she she was the one that we were playing. She was citing these tens of thousands of kidney. What did she say? The number of. Maybe it wasn't. Well, she talked th- about the number of uh, transplants that had, that had been done during COVID. Right, right, exactly. Huh? And now suddenly, you know, with no incident, and yeah. and now uh, was it three thousand, thirty nine thousand? Was that in the state of Colorado? I'm not talking to Adam, our producer. Or was that national? Nationally, so thirty nine thousand kidney transplants had been done across the country during COVID, uh, and and now all of a sudden you have to have a uh, you have to be vaccinated with the shot that is prescribed by the hospital um, or you can't get a kidney transplant or else 
can't get a kidney transplant, uh, ultimately you die. I mean, you she know, was. That's what happens, and this Tim, is horrible. The, Go ahead. This reminds me of when uh, years ago when I was talking about euthanasia and the move toward euthanasia, and we discussed what was happening in Holland. People would carry cards in their pocket uh, that basically said in Dutch, "Please don't kill me." And that's how they could keep the doctors from terminating their lives if the doctor deter- the doctor had the power to determine whether to save you or let you die, uh, regardless of whether you could be saved. And so I, we, we had these discussions about how we always trust our doctors. We trust our doctors. We think that we've always <clears throat> felt, and it was part of their oath, that they were, their job was to help us live and live to the fullest. But now our doctors have turned against, not all of them, there are heroes out there all over the place who are going against the grain, but they're paying a huge price. Uh, but now our doctors, how can we trust our doctors? Here's one. Let me tell you this story. This happened in Jacksonville at the University of Florida Hospital. This is a mother. Uh, she's 70 years old. She has an a, a adult daughter who had a brain surgery. She has had, she's, got, she's partially paralyzed from, from a stroke. They had her in intensive care. And she, the daughter was just, there because of her condition, I don't know if she's disabled or if it's from the stroke, I don't know all of that, but she got really, really agitated. And the doctor asked the mother to come into the ICU room to, to help to be with her and calm her down. And so then the doctor, of course, left, and the mom's sitting there by her daughter's bed, and then the nursing staff takes over, and they order the mother to leave because of COVID restrictions. You can't stay here. She said, I'm not, I can't leave my daughter. She, will, she won't understand this, and she will be so upset, and she just, I can't do that. I'm not leaving. Well, they arrested this mom. She spent the night in jail in Jacksonville, Florida, because she would not, she refused to leave the side of her daughter in intensive care who just had brain surgery and was, uh, you know, and, and they wouldn't even call the doctor. She said, please call the doctor. He'll tell you that he asked me to come here. This is how ridiculous our medical personnel have turned against us. They cannot, I'm sorry, this is a radical thing to say, but in many hospitals and many doctor's offices, doctors are refusing care for COVID. Uh, The doctor I just described, my friend who just died, blackmailed the husband. You can't see her before she dies unless you sign a non-resuscitation agreement. This This is criminal, and I think we have to wake up and stop cooperating. We've got to get arrested. We, I mean, we've got to stop correct. This stuff is not, there are no laws on the books. You're not really breaking the law. These are rules, arbitrary rules. And that reminds me of one more thing, and I'll, I'll get off my rant here. The vaccine mandate, uh, Tim, that uh, Joe Biden has, you know, blustered about that's causing uh, all these, uh, you know, police forces and Southwest Airlines and, you know, fill in the blank, all these other companies to threaten people if they don't get the vaccine based on this so-called order that Joe Biden is saying 100 employees or more, you have to, uh, or, or you have to um, insist that they get vaccinated. Guess what? That order doesn't even exist. It's not in writing. There is no law, and the Congress has not passed any law like that. The state legislatures haven't passed any law like that. And the, the order itself has not even been written. There's nothing in print about mm-hmm. this. It's just the bluster of Joe Biden. And so no one has to comply with this. No business has to comply with it. If you're laying off your staff, you are, you are standing on solid ground to say, I'm not doing that. There's nothing, there's nothing here that would force us to do that. 
And I don't know if people realize that, but it's just a very important part of this story. Yeah. I was trying to read and see if there's any update on this lady in uh, Colorado. Uh, I don't, I don't, let's see, the story of the Colorado woman who won't get vaccinated. I, I'm just reading, scrolling down through the news, see if we can get an update Well, on you know that. what? Why, while you do that, why don't we, we have another listener okay. story. Okay. And so uh, our phone number, excuse me, is 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or you can go to AFR.net. And if you're wondering, if you just tuned in, you're wondering why I'm giving a phone number, it's we're not talking to you today, although we'd love to. It's we're asking for your help. This is our fall share and thon, and we would really appreciate uh, your generosity to help us continue giving you the information that we give you every single day. Okay, so we're going to listen to a listener, and phone number is 877-616-2396. Hi, this is Amy from Illinois. I am blessed beyond measure by ASA and everything you all do to hold the line and help equip and inspire your listeners to do the same. I started listening to Sandy Rios about four years ago on my way to work. I couldn't believe how much information I had missed from the Talking Snake media. I have since become a stay-at-home homeschooling mom and discovered the AFR app. I now listen throughout the day, and I never have to miss my favorite shows. I love Abraham Hamilton III and the Addison. Such relevant, inspiring, and truly anointed Christian perspective. Not only am I more informed, but I also feel equipped to engage the culture in a meaningful way. I'm also much more aware of the many brothers and sisters in Christ out there that also know the truth. Amen. You're listening to Sherathon on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman with Sandy Rios. Sherathon is our twice a year, that's three days in the spring, three days in the fall, uh, twice a year uh, where we stop and we say, uh, hey, we need your financial help. You know, it takes a lot of money to operate this ministry, and so we have to pass the virtual offering plate around a couple times a year, and you, our listeners, have always responded in such a tremendous way. Uh, my dad used to say, you know, we don't beg, plead, and borrow. We just do the work God's called us to do, and then we treat our listeners like adults uh, and just tell them, hey, here's the need, and and the folks have always responded. So I'm going to give you the phone number right here. If you believe, if you like Sandy's show, if you're a fan of Sandy's show, and you want to uh, call in and make a pledge just in honor of her, we can do that right now as well. So I'm going to give you the phone number, and that dials us here. You dial? I don't even know. Do you dial a cell phone? I guess you do. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> Not anymore. You just punch in those numbers. You punch in those numbers, <laughs> and this this will ring our uh, studios where I can see folks who are answering the phone calls. And here's the phone number, 877-616-2396, toll free. 877-616-2396. If you want to follow us online, go to AFR.net, AFR.net. That's American Family Radio. Call now. And uh, by the way, we haven't even mentioned this, but we're going to send you a uh, Bert and Alex's new book, which is a great. It's called 100 Bible Questions and Answers. 100 Bible Questions and Answers by Alex McFarland and Bert Harper. And for a uh, one-time gift of $150 or more, we're going to send you a copy of this brand-new book. 
And uh, plus, if you give $30 or more a month, we prefer monthly give, giving because that helps us budget. <clears throat> so if you can do that via a uh, like a bank draft or a credit card, that would be awesome because that, that really, really helps us budget. And then you don't have to worry about writing a check uh, and finding a stamp and going to the mailbox and so forth. You can just uh, We can just draft it once a month and at the same time. Uh, we can do that as well. So anyway, plenty of ways to give and to uh, help us out here at American Family Radio during our share of time. We're down to about a minute or two, Sandy. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of Alex, I'll be with Alex in, um, uh, in South Carolina. Where is it called? It's a beach. Where's it? Where? where am I going to be here? You don't know where you're going to be? No, no, I know I'm going to South Carolina, but I'm just blanking out. But we're going to be speaking yeah. this weekend. And actually, we'll put the information on our <clears throat> Facebook page in case some of you would like to come last minute. It would be great to see you. It starts Friday. And um, what's the beach there? The big. Uh, well, there's a Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. It's Myrtle Beach. Thank yeah. you very much, Tim. There's a lot Myrtle of beaches beach. in South Carolina, but that's the most famous one. Well, see, that's all the one I know. Yeah. It's the only one I okay. know. So that's where we're going, and I hope to see lots of you there. All right, so uh, again, we thank you so much for your generous contributions. There is some good news, Tim, on the COVID, on the, the COVID arena. Florida now, DeSantis, is fining a key county, $3.5 million for mandating the vaccines. So uh, he's, he's really uh, working with that. And also a federal judge uh, in New York has uh, filed an injunction against vaccine mandates in New York for health care workers. So um, it's amazing. We are, you know, there, you know, it's a, I don't think we have as many wins as the left is having, but we are having some wins and we just hope that we can prevail on is this. COVID sort of fading out, isn't it? I mean, where is it? Is it? Yeah, but that doesn't seem to matter, does it? And, you know, it was interesting. I played earlier this week those uh, clips of this planning session for this big pandemic that they wanted to happen during the uh, Trump administration, predicted by Anthony Fauci and others and uh, their plans, and they thought it would start with the avian flu in China. I mean, they had it all laid out. I played Mm. the clips, Tim. So this is a a dangerous situation, and we need to recognize it for what it is. Well, let me just say thank you all for listening. Thank you so much. This is day two of our share If you haven't picked up the phone, it's 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or go to AFR.net, AFR.net, and make your you know, the the most generous pledge that you can do that does not hurt your family or what you need to do to take care of them. And Tim, thanks for joining me. Tim Wildman, president of AFA. Okay, Sandy, see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.